0: On today's Locked On Texans, the official depth chart for the Houston Texans. We talk about that. Lovey Smith knows stopping the run is key to victory for Sunday's AFC South matchup versus the The First time the Houston Texans may beat them since 2019. And an early look at what the Houston Texans can do to start the season 1-0. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in everybody to a hump day edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast. we part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive Fast, affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special, our special offer for our Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at brightco.com forward slash locked on. That's brightcode.com forward slash locked on. I'm John Hickman. This is Cody Davis. The official depth chart has been released, and I think what we are highlighting the most, Damian Pierce running back number one, no question, Faro Brown listed as the number 1 tight end on the roster on the depth chart right now and Keon Green is not the starting left guard. Cody, when you look at this depth chart, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, first and foremost, going into Sunday's game, and this is probably more so an extension off of what we talked about on yesterday the addition of OJ Howard. As of right now, the Houston Texans do have him listed as the number three tight end, which means uh, we probably won't see that much OJ Howard going into week one of the regular season. I understand it's going to take him some time to get used of the Houston Texans' offensive play calls, um, especially with Pep Hamilton. Um, But, John, look, I think the biggest, I don't want to say disappointment, but I think the biggest surprise to me, and this probably goes into the training camp that Keon Green had, because you remember, John, I had my doubts about Green, Um, he did not look that good during training camp. Um, Then he got hurt came back was still kind of shaky then all of a sudden the man just blew up in the Houston Texans final preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers and when I sit here and I take a look at the depth chart as of right now he isn't starting at left guard and we are expecting the Houston Texans to be a running team and like I mentioned a couple weeks ago if we are expecting this team to be a running team. Why not start Keon Green? This is a guy who has proved his worth as a run blocker in college. In the one preseason game he did play, and I understand it wasn't against the 49ers' best defensive players. However, you cannot deny that big gap that he created for Mount Marlin Mack when Marlon Mack jet off for, I believe it was like 22 to 25 yards I just think, in my opinion, Keon Green should have been starting over Justin McCray because at the end of the day, John, listeners and viewers, once again, this is going to be a running team. We are expecting a big season out of Damian Pierce. And the it, it, it's almost like what we say when we talk about Davis Mills. You know, you want to put your guys in the best position possible. And I think Damian Pierce would be more utilized in the run game if he was running behind Keon Green.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, when we look at the Keon Green and, and Justin McCray, Ferris fair, fair, he hasn't played much. Yeah, and yeah, the, and
1: I understand that's also part of it as well.
0: Right, and I could see a scenario where McCray may start the game in the first half. He may not end it by the time the second half rolls around. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. You know, one position that is I think is interesting right now: Neville Hewitt. Starting mm-hmm. over Garrett Wallow and Jake Hansen is the third uh I think Sam linebacker in that room right now. Uh, I thought that I would I would have rather looked at Jake Hansen as a starter right now. That's just me. Wow. But I think eventually we'll see Garrett Wallow out there. He hadn't played, so guys are kind of confused on how did how did Neville Hewitt beat him out simply because Neville Hewitt has been on the field. We just said the same thing for the most part in terms of Keon Green and arguing why he should or should not be the starter, well, McCray has been on the field. Mm -hmm. Hasn't been the best when he's been on the field? No for McCray, but he's still been there. But in terms of Neville Hewitt, well, when he's been on the field, he's been pretty damn productive. So uh, him beating out Gary Wallow to start the the season makes 100% complete sense to me. What's alarming to me that I haven't seen many people talk about, and I've been waiting to talk about it, there is no backup right guard right now. It is just AJ Can, mm-hmm. and that's it. Now, of course, you have Keon Green as, you know, as a backup. Uh Austin Declis could also play. He can slide down, shift down, and play some guard. But that is alarming to me. And if something happens, you look at a situation. Do you play Charlie Heck there, who's the more seasoned man as a backup on this office in this offensive line group? What do you do? But, for you know, everything else I think looks pretty much how we thought it's gonna be how it's gonna look um Michael Dwanfer and Kurt hennish those are gonna be two battles throughout the year where at some point mm-hmm. we may see a separation in snaps played because one may just be outplaying the other. but so far, when we look at this depth chart, for the most part, I think everything is understandable and agreeable.
1: I do want to mention this Garrett Waddle is still um recovering from the lower leg injury that he sustained during training camp that was the primary reason why we did not see him at all throughout preseason and i'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with why he is listed as the second string linebacker as of right now but john you know i'm not going to talk about this unofficial depth chart and not bring up the bad fact that rex burkhead is running back number two. Me, personally, I've accepted the fact that Nick Casario could be loyal to a fault. However, if you're going to keep Wes Burkhead over Marlon Mack, you could at least made him be the third string running back. I don't know about you, John, listeners and viewers, but I I believe as of right now, I've seen a lot more out of Darre Agumbo Wale, more so than Wes Burkhead as of right now. Once again, you look at Darre, you're looking at a guy that can give you something with his rushing attack, but at the same time, he is a solid pass catcher coming out of the backfield. You could say the same thing for Rex Burkhead, but throughout training camp, throughout preseason, I'm not sure if Burkhead has a lot left in his tank.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the running backs. Uh, Burke 2, Darre number 3, Royce Freeman number 4, and the Houston Texans. Recently, right before we hopped on to do the show— Signed former Miami running back Jared Dokes. He he's uh spent some time at Cincinnati, ran a four or five at his pro day last year. Um, and he, again he's been he spent some time with, with Miami Dolphins, an AFC team. So maybe this is a, a player that Nick Casario and, and the coaching staff likes. The running back room for Houston, <laughs> it is what it's always going to be. What is what it was always going to be, and it's not very exciting outside of Damian Pierce. So this is what the Texans have. This is what they're presenting. And starting Sunday, this is the product that we're going to see from the backfield. Shout out to Troy Harrison. One more time, man. The lone Mm -hmm. fullback on this roster. Ladies and gentlemen, Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jury insurance for as low as Five dollars per month. Check out our special that we are offering right now to all of our locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at brightcode.com forward slash locked on. That's brightcode.com forward slash locked on. Welcome back, locked on Texans listeners and viewers. By the way, Jared Dokes, the newly signed Houston Texan running back, did rush for 67 yards on 11 attempts in this last preseason game. So hmm. maybe Houston knows something the rest of the world doesn't. However, the Houston Texans take on the Indianapolis Colts, which means they're taking on Jonathan Taylor, who led the <laughs> league in uh, rushing yards last year. I think this is a very well-put-together Indianapolis Colts team. However, just like the Tennessee Titans, it all ends and starts. It starts and ends with Jonathan Taylor. Let's hear from Lovey Smith on how, what he feels Houston needs to do to stop Jonathan Taylor week one. Well, we have to stop and run each week no matter who we're playing. Every NFL team is going to have a, you know, one of 32. That's saying an awful lot if you are just starting running back for an NFL team. And um, for us, uh, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best in the league, kind of simple as that. And uh, so we know the challenge that it faced. But what is it going to take? Gang tackle. We run. need everybody at the, at the point of attack. Uh, discipline in your gaps, because if if he breaks it, you know he's faster than most people too. So it'll be a big challenge. We're going to have big challenges each week. The challenge for us is to, uh, is to compete with them because we didn't last year. They dominated us last year, so we got to show up this year.
1: And that question actually came from our brother, our friend, Mr. Brian Belfield. You guys know him as Big Sarge, John. Listeners and viewers later on in that same press conference, Lovey Smith talked about how embarrassing it was to watch the Houston Texans struggle with their run defense throughout last season. And if you asking us, we have seen the Houston Texans struggle with their run defense ever since DJ Reader departed from this organization back, I want to say 2019, 2020 campaign. So um, it's been an extremely long time since the Houston Texans were able to stop the run. Lovey Smith, and later on, we had an opportunity to talk to John Gennard. Both of those guys talked about how excited they were to face Jonathan Taylor week one um, to kick off the 2022 campaign because Lovey Smith, his coaching staff, especially when you see the type of talent and how Lovey Smith has orchestrated his front seven, there has been an extremely... High point of emphasis that Lovey Smith has placed on this organization on stopping the run. And look, what better running back, maybe besides a healthy Derrick Henry, where you can actually go out there and say, OK, let's see how far we are away from being at least a decent team who can stop the run. You're looking at a guy in Jonathan Taylor last season against the houston texans this is a guy in only two games recorded 288 yards on the ground four touchdowns and and i think this might be the worst of all 46 carries i'm pretty sure the indianapolis colts if they're going off the last season they're going to say this is the point of emphasis how we're going to attack the houston texans however When you take a look at the improvements that the Texans have made throughout their run game, um, Lovey Smith said he has seen those improvements throughout training camp and preseason. Outside of the preseason opener against the New Orleans Saints where the Texans' defense did give up over 100 rushing yards. The last two preseason games against the Los Angeles Rams and against the San Francisco 49ers, both of those teams failed to crack over 60 rushing yards, which is very good. Now, once again, preseason... No, neither one of those teams was playing their best running backs for an extremely long time. However, John, listeners and viewers, going into the 2022 campaign, when you take a look at those last two preseason games and say to yourself the Texans only gave up an average of 55 yards on the ground, that is saying a lot about this team's front seven.
0: Yeah, and what I like most about what we've seen uh, for the improvement so far for the Houston Texans, for me, Cody, it is – Yards per carry, right? And you just mentioned what the Houston Texans w- was able to do in the preseason. But if we look at those numbers even more, like the Saints rushed for 130 yards, but they ran the ball 37 times. They only averaged 3.5 yards per carry uh against the Rams. 46 yards, 2.3 yards per carry, and to end off the uh, preseason against the 49ers, 2.1 yards per carry. So they are not only not allowing a lot of yards, the most they've allowed in their preseason was 130, but they're limiting the amount of success that teams are getting so far from what we've seen based off the improvement from last season to this preseason. They have really limited the amount of big plays and that is what really hurt Houston last year. Jonathan Taylor, of course, hmm. rushed for 143 last year, 145 in the second game against the Houston Texans. But when you look at that second game, it was 10.4 yards per carry. <laughs> when you look at the first game, it was 4.5, more you know, more respectable. But by the time, and Houston got him on a bad style. Like at that time, Jonathan Taylor was hot. And then he kind of fizzled off after that a little bit. But They allowed too many big plays last year at the ring game. And it made it easy for teams to just look around and say, well, you're not stopping us. We're not going to stop. That is what Houston has improved on. And I think that is the key gang tackling. Once one man is there at the point of attack, I need everybody to the ball. I need everybody laying the hat. Because if we don't, if we allow him an extra space to make a move and then a two-yard gain is now a 10-yard gain, a 12-yard gain houston can't afford that this year and to start the year off with a test like jonathan taylor that is going to be what we should be looking at i think that's a huge storyline lovey smith first year head coach miles smith is your linebacker coach you revamp this defensive line every all your linebackers look either faster twitchy or just understand year two more how are you going to stop the run and today's episode of locked on texans is presented by prize picks Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they can score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. Hey, guys, thank you for making Locked On, Texans your first listen today. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has was thinking of. So get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Make sure you hurry up and listen to that today. Season starts Thursday. Cody, We're about to get so much football between (laughs) high school football, college football, NFL, 7-on-7. 40-year-olds still trying to prove they got it. Hmm. We're going to get a lot of football. we got to talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Houston Texans take them on Sunday at the NRG Stadium at home. Haven't beat the Colts since 2019. We just talked about how important (laughs) – Jonathan, uh, Taylor is first home game for Lovie Smith as a head coach. Cody, what are your thoughts? Describe it.
1: (laughs) The Texans, and I don't want to put too much pressure on them, but – this is one of those season season openers by the way it's also the 20th anniversary which has gotten lost in the shuffle of everything that has been going on throughout this whole entire off season so you know happy 20th anniversary happy to the Houston 20th Texans. anniversary oh, okay um, i'm kind of interested to see how they're going to celebrate this 20th anniversary because uh you know that's another story for another day but um look I don't want to put too much pressure on the Texans, but I truly do believe that this is one of those must-win games because, you know, whether it's this podcast, you know, People Works that you've been reading from the Chronicle, Texans USA Today, um, Texans Wire, um, Sports Radio 610, we all have been talking about how ever since Lovey Smith took over as head coach, you have a good draft, you bring in some decent talent, um on both sides of the ball and of course everybody is you know holding their breath to see what version of davis mills that we're going to get the one thing everybody has been on the same accord on is just how everything just seems new and everything seems fresh with this organization and i'm looking at this from a standpoint you know especially going up against the indianapolis colts it's very important for them to win that game because i kind of feel like if they lose this game it's kind of going to set not only reporters and fans back to how things were a little bit last year, but also this organization. I mean, just talking to John Gennard, following practice on monday just looking at the excitement that he had when talking about the future and what could be the possibility what this scene can possibly do and not just Grenard. you can see it in brandon cooks you see it in nico collins you see it in you know davis mills even though he doesn't show that much emotions you can still see there's some sense of excitement there and John, they are currently riding a four-game losing streak. And during this four-game slide, they have lost by an average margin of 18 points per game.
0: Listen, I think this is the coming-out party for Pep Hamilton and his offense. Hopefully. Um, there, there There's a possibility Shaquille Leonard. We formerly knew him as Darius Leonard. Uh, but Shaquille Leonard may not play. He's questionable right now. I I, I really think he will play Sunday, but... Even still, for Pep Hamilton, this is your former team. And the storyline, also when we look at Jonathan Taylor, is also Damian Pierce. The Houston Texans, oh. I don't think we've seen the Texans invest in an in an offensive player so far this offseason, as a rookie, at least. Right? Like Damian Pierce is we got rid of Marlon Mack, and we're keeping Rex for whatever reason. And like there's no guy on this depth chart right now that could threaten you to take away carries. They've invested a lot into him. So definitely want to see him run the ball guys. Make sure that you are checking out locked on tomorrow. The crossover. We're bringing the crossover show back mm. locked on coats, new faces. So we're going to have a, a, a duo off on tomorrow's show, but <laughs> yeah, the offense Cody, like pep, this is your time. These are the, this is the moment where everything that you told us in the off season, or we're still working on things, or mm-hmm. we haven't shown you guys. Well, let's go ahead and see it. And I do think that we're going to see some wrinkles in this offense that we'll like. I don't know if it'll be executed on the field for positive plays, but I do think Pep has something up his sleeve.
1: I'm also interested, just overall, to see the Colts because they are basically a new team. Finally, after favor for some uh, people, uh, uh, this uh, division. Uh uh after a damn near a decade the texans do not have to worry about ty hilton because it seemed like he was always destroying this organization and not only that i i really want to see how the coast are going to fare by placing um carson wins for an aging matt ryan and john you heard me say this both on air and off of air i'm not sure If Matt Ryan still has a lot left in the tank, I understand it. Back in, you know, during his time in Atlanta, of course, when he had a decent or a really good run game, he was damn near on the MVP level. Uh, And you are pairing him in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor, one of, if not the best, the second best running back, in my opinion, in this league. However, with all that being said... Matt Ryan last season in his final year in Atlanta, he has started showing his age. And I, I just want to see if the Houston Texans defense from the front seven to the secondary. I truly want to see if they really made a lot of improvements, like we all hoping.
0: Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie on Sunday.
1: Don't forget about don't forget about Steven Nelson.
0: Steven, Steven Nelson. You
1: can't sleep on Steven Nelson either.
0: Uh Roy Lopez, Jonathan Gennard. But between Grenard, Petrie, and, and Stingley, man, now that is something to get excited about for the next couple of years. Thank you guys for checking out today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Also, subscribe to Locked On Texans on the YouTube page under the name Locked On Texans.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.